Hi, welcome to Agora Community Radio, the podcast for artists in the animation industry who want to listen and learn on the go. This episode is from our Q&A sessions, where David and Brent answer questions from the audience and also any questions from our social media followers. You can always head on over to our website, agora.community, to watch the full video, or if you just want to listen to what we think are the most interesting bits and pieces of these conversations, you can listen to the Agora Bytes clips on this channel. And now, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Hello, how are you all doing today? Welcome back to yet another Q&A session. David Hubert was kidnapped today, and so in his place we have a special guest star. Um, It was just actually kind of perfect because it's something that I've been wanting to do for a while. Um, We want to kind of spend a bit more time introducing you to more of the people that are working tirelessly behind the scenes, trying to grow this community and try to um, accommodate all the things that you are all looking for. And so today on the stream, we have none other than better known as Van Animator, who shows up often in the chat, uh, but his real name is Scott Hewitt, who um, I think I've, I've said his real name a couple times. Um, and Scott has been um, amazing at really trying to drive our efforts to get the word out there with all this, you know, free content that we're making to making sure that we, you know, more and more people out there discover the content. Um, and, um, you know, it's it's just nice to have him on the show today. So let me bring him in. Um, we're going to do Q&A like we normally do. And uh, just with a new face. Here he comes. Mr. Scott. Hello. Hi, Brent. How How's are you? Going? Not Hi, bad, everyone. Good, thank you. You have a very so, ominous backdrop. It looks very ominous back there. I know. Well, I just, I always see your backdrop and David's and you got all this cool glowy stuff. So I was like, all right, I need to, <laughs> I need to oh, do man. something. Otherwise it's just going to look horrible. I don't know if you guys uh, noticed, but I'm slowly but surely actually completely changing my, my, I can't, I'm going the wrong way. My background is starting to change slowly because it's getting, I've been wanting to make changes in this office for so long and and now I'm finally doing it, but I have just so much crap jammed in here. It's, it's uh, quite the, um, <laughs> quite the feat. So slowly uh, but surely, if you could only see what the camera does not show, you'd be terrified. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. think I beat you though. I think mine's definitely messier. Well, you got like a full-fledged like <laughs> lighting rig and stuff like that back there, which I'm impressed by. Uh, yeah. A little yeah. known fact, Scott has his, his own YouTube channel and um, it's uh, pretty awesome. Um, maybe we'll, you know, we should link it at some point tonight so people could go check it out. Um, yeah, so that whole sure. lighting rig is so that he he can do those episodes for the uh, for the channel. He does um, children's yeah. books and the, the website is uh, sort of a, a companion, I guess, to that brand, right? Basically. Yeah, basically. So, um, yeah, I created my YouTube channel, Skullbrain TV, and uh, also creating a children's book series yeah. uh, under the name Skullbrain Books. So it's uh, also like works in. See, I've got the little logo. There here. it is. Branding. He's ready. He's, ready to, he's yeah. ready to brand. <laughs> it should be Agora. I feel like it should be like Agora. Uh, nah, whatever. <laughs> we we got all all sizes and shapes on this uh, on this show. It's always nice to sort of because I mean, what Agora is, if anything, it's a way of of um you know spreading the word on lots of really cool yeah. initiatives because you know we have people on regularly um all the time that are um doing similar stuff to us and we don't see that as competition we see this as part of the part of an extended community so i feel like the stuff that you're doing is exactly in the same vein so it's awesome it's all good yeah it's great and i'm learning a lot as well like you know i sit here and uh, it feels weird being on this side and not being <laughs> in the chat kind of uh interacting with everyone yeah. but uh, yeah yeah 
yeah, like all this stuff that, you know, especially that Manny Fregelis talk, uh, a lot of it's helping me kind of grow my brand as well. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's good. I, I I think it's really cool that some of the stuff we're, we're digging into is actually transcends well beyond the scope that you would normally think animation is. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of these sort of these things that people just never, you know, we know we these they don't teach the stuff in school, you know, like that's the thing. It's like they teach you how to maybe hopefully, hopefully they taught you how to animate well, but I mean, they, yeah. you know, that's even already a question mark depending on where you, where you got taught and uh, the, all the other human sort of skills that go along with trying to brand yourself and, and plan for the future and deal with like, you know, challenges, uh, very human challenges, you know, on and off the job. These are things that just, you kind of have to learn through experience. So if we can sort of put the word out there a little bit for people to learn, hopefully not the hard way by at least getting a little bit of advice up front, then, then hopefully we've saved some people a little bit of a uh, hassle down the road. Yeah, absolutely. That's the idea, at least. Um, absolutely. What was I going to say? Uh, Speaking of which, we are planning currently, uh, David and I are planning a really cool talk. Um, it's it's going to be, I, we're trying to make it in two. I think you know about this because you were on the email. But so I have a, a good friend of mine who does recruiting. He, he's a very, very um, well-experienced recruiter uh, who's who's been working in lots of different industries, games, film, television, VFX, you, you name it, he's worked it. Um, but he's also been behind the scenes working on a lot of like government lobbying when it comes to tax credits. He knows a lot about how the the, the business works. And he's, he knows like sort of the, the nuts and bolts of a lot of the stuff that's never really exposed to a lot of us. Um, unless you're high up enough at a company where it might be exposed because it, you need to know it. But your typical animator is never going to know it. But Interestingly, it has a gigantic impact on on your job in many, many ways, especially now in this new world that we live in, where the borders have been, quote unquote, tor torn down and you can work remotely from home pretty much anywhere in the world. Yet that while that is theoretically true, um, it, you still may be you may not get the job because maybe they want to put someone in the seat. Um, that's working from home within the locale of that of the of the studio because it may be benefiting from it may not benefit the company may not benefit from tax credits unless you're actually working in the uh, the area. So tax credits are a thing, especially in Canada, um, because Canada Canada it's 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 one of the main reasons why we're we're able to get a lot of work here is that the the government's incentivized a lot of it, um, and and it, therefore it grew industries and now we have a lot of talent here so it's sort of it helped sort of kickstart things, but it's um, just something I think it's worth knowing, especially because it's 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 a it's a thing, and I think more and more countries are starting to do similar things. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um. So we have a list. We can. Uh, I think we're going to start with the list um, today and see if we can crack through some of it. And but that does not mean you can't ask questions if you're in chat right now and you have a question of a Q and A. Um, if you want to have quite, you know, questions about the way the community is run, I mean, Scott's here, he's pretty much the, the maestro there. Um, this is the kind of thing that, uh, also, you know, you might not know about, but it's kind of nice to talk about because there's a lot of work that goes on behind the doors or the closed doors that you may never, um, never even know what's going on. And so if you have questions about that, um, or maybe you want to start your own, um, brand or something like that, Scott's been doing that for a while now. He's got more experience than yep. I do. That's for sure. Um, yep. you know, kind of piggybacking on the Manny talk about trying to create a brand for yourself it might be a great uh, time to ask that question 
Yeah. Um, but if uh, anyone's got any questions about, you know, I mean, my journey getting into animation, I had hmm. so many setbacks and people hmm. telling me not to do it. And, you know, it really took a leap of faith to just like leave Australia and move to Canada without knowing anyone or anything <sighs> like that. So, you know, and I, my first job, uh, I got in and my demo reel, the only acting piece I had was still in Stepped. Oh, but that was it. I don't think I'd even done any lip sync on it. And I got a job uh, wow. in the industry within like two weeks of moving to Canada. And that's that cool. kind of just like set me off on the path. So there's a mm. lot of people that stress about my reel has got to be perfect. But if you're just trying to get your foot in the door, yeah, not as perfect as you might think. You know, I was, yeah. I was fixing people's work. When I first got into the industry, there was, I just remember I got this one shot and they're like, can you just fix this up for us? And I'm like, wow, like this person was employed before me. It's like, okay. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. Yeah. I did kind of leave that part out. Um, you know, Scott's background is in animation, um, but he's done a lot of other things, um, but he has animated before. He animated, um, well, he's, he's, he's he animated here in Canada, like actually just here out in Montreal, actually. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I was in Vancouver for two and a half years and then Montreal right. and then covid so now i'm back in australia That's it. oh and another yep. fun fact about scott which is another thing you might want to um, know about him is that uh, he started the was it was it was it called the vancouver animate animation yeah what? Yeah, Vancouver Animation Network. I think it was like yeah, that's a right. Vancouver v Animation Meetup when I first. That's why my name's Van Animator. That's right. Um, well, I, I always my always I always assumed it was just because you were working in Vancouver for a while, so like Van is like short for Vancouver, but V V A N is the acronym yeah. obviously for Vancouver Animation uh, Network. So that, yeah, that, how big that yeah. got to be pretty big, right? That got to be pretty big. I think the last time I checked, it was uh, three and a half or just over 3,000 members. That's and cool. that started off as me sitting yeah. down at a table in a pub with one guy who wasn't an animator and another guy that was kind of interested in it. Just yeah. three of us just like awkwardly sitting around going, so you like stuff? <laughs> um, but then somewhere. it was just like it, it completely um, ballooned up. Like someone in the industry <clears throat> found out about it. They told all their people and then it just kind of um, spiraled. spiraled. And and it was from a place <clears throat> of like wanting to give back. Yeah. Uh, it was um, before I before I left, I was like, oh, where's, um, you know, where can I meet industry people? Because mm -hmm. I've heard you need to have contacts and that helps. And but there's nowhere I can really go to meet these people. <laughs> so I decided to start it. And um, it was just, uh, I can't remember who the chat was, but it was just about, you know, giving back to the community and creating somewhere that students and people wanting to get into the industry can mingle yeah. with professionals and not just yep. not to go, here's my demo reel. Can you take a look? Yeah. But just to hang out naturally. and have a chat. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Um, Cause it's got to start so, yeah. somewhere. Cause it can be yeah. frustrating when the people tell you, you got to network. It's like, okay, cool. I'll network. Where do I do that? Like, tell me where yeah. to plug in and I'll like go. At a job fair where there's yeah. like hundreds of other yeah. people doing the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. And it's funny. Cause I mean, Agora started with the same kind of mentality, right? Which is obviously why, you know, you, you know, the, um, you were drinking the same Kool-Aid that we were, which way it made it a perfect fit for you to come over here and help out with Agora. Because I mean, at the end of the day, we were, there was nothing. And then one day we, we, we had a thing and we didn't have, uh, you know, the, the numbers we had, like, we, we got some pretty, pretty decent membership numbers now, but it didn't happen overnight. It took a while yeah. to, you know, and, and it continues to grow, but it doesn't, it doesn't happen by accident. Um, so, uh, you know, it's just, you gotta, you gotta build it and they will come, I guess is how, how, how it's said. Right. Yeah, little exactly. Field of Dreams quote for you if you're old yeah. enough to remember that one. Um, so let's right. uh, 
let's talk about some, let's get through some of these questions you've already, you've, you've, um, Scott is also the one organizing all of the questions. He keeps collating them and serving them up on a silver platter for David and I. So it's going to be funny that he gets to pull from some of his hard work tonight, as opposed to <laughs> just us reading off of it. So we got one at the very top. I'm going to, I'll post it here just so people can, um, can read it. And for those who are joined a little late, just a little FYI, yes, David is not here. Um, David is um, um, indisposed at the moment. Uh, he actually didn't have a good enough Wi-Fi signal where he is. And uh, so I thought it was an awesome opportunity to uh, introduce you to one of the amazing community members that um, has been helping drive things. It's uh, Scott Hewitt, otherwise known as Van Animator in chat. You've seen him before for sure in chat. Uh, he's the one making all the amazing social posts. He's the one managing all of that on um, on Facebook and Instagram. So. Um, so uh, there, there he is in the flesh. Hi, right. <laughs> hi there. Okay, let me let me go and uh, I'll put it right here. All right, I can talk and... in a French accent if that makes people feel more comfortable. And we bonjour, bonjour. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, that's it. All right. It's sort of like David. You're like a proxy to David because yeah. you just need that accent. Um, okay, so question number one. This was from Najim. Um, and uh, the question was, I've heard about artists getting blacklisted. What's that all about? Um, Good question. Um, yeah, we the, the the famous blacklist. The famous blacklist. I mean, I my thought on this is is it's not quite as orchestrated as you might think. I think the blacklist is really if you've you've really burned a couple bridges. You have to keep in mind that people talk, right? And if I'm going to hire somebody and I'm like. I'm really interested in that person, but I'm, there's something that's sort of like not, I'm not a hundred percent for some reason, or I'm just, it's, I, I need to be extra sure about this hire. I'm for sure going to do some of, my, some of my own homework and due diligence. And the best way of doing that is taking a look at where they've worked and then poking people I know that work there or have worked there. Just be like, do you know the so-and-so? Can you say something about them? There's a lot of that going on all the time. And so the blacklist is less of a list that gets posted like and shared amongst many studios. It's more just the natural fact that we all know each other because it's a small world. And it's very easy to get feedback on somebody and how they were on the job. Um, especially, you know, when we know a lot of supervisors and, and so naturally someone's going to know you and, um, we take that kind of feedback quite seriously because it's usually we're going to reach out to people that we trust people we've worked with before. So we just trust their judgment. And if they have a, a, a particularly bad judgment about you, that does set a, a bit of a flag. And if we get one of those, then we're going to dig a little deeper and see if there's more, maybe it was just a fluke, you know? So it's really not, in my opinion, a list, a physical list, and it's more a mechanism, a mechanism that comes from a small industry where we all talk. I don't know if you got another perspective on this, Scott. Uh, actually, I, I've got a question on this. It's oh, like, good. how can someone get off of the blacklist? Oh, you know, if they've a, had a bad experience yeah. and they know about it, you know, mm. it's like, man, I really didn't perform that well at the last yeah. studio. Um, how can you redeem yourself? Yeah, that's a, tr that really come, it really comes down to context, I think. Because I'll tell you one thing, like, I don't know anybody who doesn't have some bad history. I mean, I, mm. I know there was, and then sometimes it's a, it's bad. It's just, it was just poor communication and mis misunderstandings. Um, lots of things can happen. You're best off trying to redeem yourself while you're still there. If you have the opportunity, if you know that things aren't going well, you need to find a way of, of, of leveling with the people you're working with and making sure that they understand that they're, 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 the, the job at hand is important to you and that you are going to give it everything you got 
you know? And at the end of the day, if you do that and have that conversation, I don't know what else you can do other than look forward, forward face and look to do better on the next one. Learn from that experience, turn, you know, turn those lemons into lemonade and find a way of, of learning something critical from it. And I mean, I, there's, we all know stories. There's, there's stories about people that are legend at certain studios. I remember some studios, uh, some stories about a guy at Ubisoft uh, never ceases to amaze me. Uh, uh, There's a famous story about somebody and I can't remember all the the details about it anymore. Someone who had, um, had thrown like a monitor or a a cold computer out the window. (laughs) And yeah, there's some weird backstory, but the problem is that follows this person around now. It's like in, and sometimes unfortunately broken telephone can like remove some of the, some of the details that make it seem maybe more or less of a funny thing. You know what I mean? And, um, so yeah, I think that it, you, first thing is knowing about it. You gotta you gotta be self aware enough, and I think the only way you're gonna get that is is try to make sure that you're building a good rapport with the person you you who you report to, and yep. make sure that they're giving you the goods. And and if they give you a glowing review that's got no critical uh, sort of things, dig. Be like, okay, but like, I, I'm really happy to get a review like this. It's I am I'm honored. But like, is there anything I can work on? The problem is, is that not all your supervisors, and this is, as far as I'm concerned, this should be a fireable offense of a supervisor. If a supervisor gives you nothing but good reviews, but then, um, or gives you like, or yeah, gives you nothing but good reviews or is always, you know, giving you praise, but then come time to, to officially review you, you suddenly get these, like a bad, a bad grade and uh, all these negative comments. Like the first time you've ever heard any of that stuff, that is the supervisor not doing their job. That's not your Mm. fault. Um, and so that's why I hate to tell you some of your supervisors aren't going to be very good, maybe because they're just not suited for it, maybe because they're just not experienced enough, uh, maybe because they're just passive aggressive and they don't know how to be honest with you. There are a million reasons why. So because of that, and because that's all outside of your control, be proactive with getting feedback. Don't just rely it on your supervisor. Rely it on um, people that are peripheral to you. Ask your peers. Is there anything that you know, like that I can do that you think like in any area, any areas that I can improve on? Ask yeah. some of the other directors that you may have interfaced with before. Some of hopefully you got at least a couple directors on your production or supervisors or leads that are willing to give you that feedback. Yeah, but yeah, it's a tricky one. I think Absolutely. getting the feedback is the first step, and then acting on it and getting better is the next. Mm, yeah. And to be honest, if you're worried about getting blacklisted, then maybe you need to take a look at what's going on. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. like if you're going, oh, I'm going to totally. get blacklisted, then then, yeah, like take that's a it. take a step back, reflect and go. So yeah. and, and that's where you need to reach out. And who was mm-hmm. the conversation with where like, you need to be vulnerable? I think it mm-hmm. was um, Dave Gibson you were having a chat with. Yeah. Uh, and he was talking about, right. about in, in leadership being vulnerable and saying, yep. hey, guys, like, this is where we're at. But yeah. as an artist, you also need to be able to do that and be yep. be uh, comfortable. And I think Ted T as well mm-hmm. spoke about it. You know, go yep. to someone that you trust and that you know can turn the situation mm-hmm. around and say, look, this is where I'm at. Yep. Um, I need some help. And yeah. maybe they they back off a little bit of work from you, like maybe shuffle yeah. some of your shots around. Totally. And yeah, yeah. Because yeah. at the end, like, end of the if, day, like if 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 you know, like if you're if you're if the problem is you're not able to deliver the shots that you've got, mm. um, and that's giving you a bad reputation. You don't want to be that person, by the way. You don't want to be the person that no one wants to give shots to because they're worried about it not getting done. So you need to find a way of communicating that to your supervisor because maybe the solution is you're just overloaded. You know, 
That's it. Like yeah. ask, for, yeah. ask for help. Don't what you don't want to do yep. is get to the 11th hour and like not deliver the goods. You got to give your lead or your supervisor enough time to adapt and to like give those shots to somebody else. So that somebody else doesn't have to stay till like, you know, midnight to get it done. Um, Cause that's not make it, yeah. that's not going to make you any friends either. Right? Like it's now you got a supervisor who's irritated at you as well as one of your coworkers. Cause they just have to clean up your mess. You got to be proactive. Mm-hmm. You got to be, you got to put it out there and ask for help when you need it because people aren't going to remember that you asked for help, they're gonna remember. They're gonna remember if you didn't ask for help and you totally ambushed them with a "sorry, it's not gonna get done." Yeah, that, they're gonna yeah. remember that way more but, than they're gonna remember. Oh, this guy needs help, or this this girl. Oh, she's sure. sort of you know always needing a little help to get get get, get across the finish line because that's that's reasonable, and you're not leaving yeah. them in the lurch that way, right? But it's also gonna stick out in a supervisor's mind if you did ask for help. You know, it'll be like, hey, yeah. he actually wanted sure. to, they wanted to actually improve. Yeah. So yeah. 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 I'm going to remember proactive. that because they were proactive and that's, yeah. they're the sort of people I can work with someone like that. Yep. If someone needs a little bit more help, maybe their work's not quite there yet. Yep. But I can work with that. Absolutely. And I can help that grow into what we need for this production. Totally. Totally. By yeah. the way, uh, do you guys, can you, can everyone appreciate our matching microphones? Yeah. We're microphone. like microphone buddies. Do we sound it's the same? We had a conversation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> these microphones are amazing. If you're looking for a good mic, a very affordable mic, the I would highly recommend this, which is what I did for Scott. Scott is a happy yeah. customer. It is a yeah. the Rode Pod mic. They were very difficult to get when they first came out. I would say, and I've I've seen acoustical tests of this microphone compared to the uh, Shure SM7B, which is one of the most famous micro podcast microphones on the market. Um, if you're curious what that one looks like, you've seen it all over the place. It's got a kind of a cool. Um, uh, wedge-like shape with all black, uh, like a matte black. Joe Rogan experience is a good example of they use the the SM7Bs everywhere. I find that this mic is is close to the same acoustically, but honestly, it is a fraction of the price. So if you're curious and yeah. you're, you're you're looking to upgrade, this is a good, this is a great one. Yeah, I was so hesitant in upgrading and spending the money. It wasn't until I so I um, we're looking at doing some podcasts. Spoiler alert! And uh, we want to record a, a stinger intro, and I recorded yeah. one, sent it through to David, and he's like, "The music's great. I like what you're saying. Your audio sucks." <laughs> I was like, hey, yeah. Brent, can we have a chat? Yeah, so, uh, yeah. But this has just changed the game, even for, oh, for my sure. own recording. Oh, um, yeah. It's going to yeah, save me so much time editing and I can sit here at my desk and read. It's amazing. They say that so, audio is 50% of the experience. I'd actually say sometimes in some contexts, it's more, much more than in this kind of a context. Mm. You could, this, like, that's the fact that we're turning these things into podcasts for the people who just want to, like, listen on, on their phone, on, their, on a commute to work or whatever. Um, the, the these shows are perfect because you don't need to yeah. see it. It's just a bunch of talking heads with the contents all audible. So um, yeah, it's, it's so important to have great, a great mic. And especially in this new world we live in um, uh, where, you know, we're doing so much, spending so much time online talking that uh, why not be able to up the game a little bit? You know, I keep making the joke that this, the, a good camera setup and a good microphone is the new suit and tie. It is how you kind of, how you can be, you know, I don't know, recognize somehow at work as being someone who's, you know, I don't know, I don't know what the word is, mm-hmm. but someone who's put, you know, got it together. Um, this, this yeah. talk, by the way, is sponsored by Rode Microphone. Just kidding. <laughs> oh, we should reach out to them. That's yeah, a good totally. idea. I'll we do should that. totally be sponsored. <laughs> okay, right. let's do another one of these questions. Sure, um, let's get through this backlog. Looks like you um, were kind enough to already mark the one complete. You're so on yep, the ball. That's all done. Let's go and do, oops. This is a good Please. one. Yeah. 
post it here again in chat, and I'm going to do this. Okay. How to make characters feel alive while animating. Holy crap. That's... Um, how do, where do you even begin? This is by, uh, by the way, this shout out to Pratty underscore O2 for this question, or maybe Prady, P R A D Y underscore O2. They were the one with this question. I don't know where this came from. These questions are coming from where? Instagram? When you when you get them like this? I know some of them are actually questions from streams we didn't answer. Yeah. So uh, these ones uh, might be from the Instagram. So we'd mm. have like the ask a question and um, these are all the backlogs. So this was probably from one of, I'm not sure who, but one of the previous chats, maybe the Simon Otto one, mm. I think. Okay. Wow. Some old ones. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> like Undigging un un the, uh, the Ark of the Covenant with uh, this, this one here. Okay. So yeah. how to make characters feel alive while animating? Oh man. Um, I don't know. You want to take this? You, you want to take it first? Okay. I mean, all right. It's kind of a big um, one. Yeah. Okay. So going into this one, um, I've also spent time acting. So I studied acting professionally. So mm. uh, I have my own kind of ways of doing this. But for me, making characters feel alive while animating, it's giving them some motivation. Yeah. But, you know, if you want to talk technical, it's like, okay, well, you put on a breathe cycle <laughs> and that sort of thing, like throwing some blinks and... <laughs> But uh, if you really want to give your characters that personality mm. and that spark, it's like kind of knowing who they are mm. and what motivates <laughs> them, you know, what's happened in the scene before. Are they coming from somewhere where they've just had a fight with someone? <laughs> uh, what are they going to be doing in the future? Are they really, you know, anticipating maybe they're going to ask their boss for a, a raise or something like that? And so maybe they're nervous. So it's kind of taking this information and then you can start to put that into into the animation, like into the poses and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think it's a good tip, this idea of, and I say this to so many people, it's amazing how many people it's it, it never dawned on them that maybe taking some acting classes would be a good idea, which is funny yep. because what you're actually doing as an animator, if you're a character animator, especially in feature film, you're acting. You're acting vicariously through a character like it's sort of like what a, what a what a puppeteer does or what um you know uh someone who's um you know claimating or something like that it's the same thing it the, the idea though is that obviously you're acting in a different way it's not exactly the same thing the processes are like mentally a little bit similar but also very different um but uh, yeah, taking some acting classes, maybe even some improv classes, these things can sort of loosen you up and have better instincts for um, motivating your character. I think that was the key word you said that I 100 million percent agree with. Uh, this idea of making sure that a character always has a proper agenda. And this is something that uh, Ed Hooks talks about. I'd like to get Ed Hooks yep. back here. We had him at the 24-hour challenge. Um, and he was a big hit. I, I really like Ed. We've known each other for a while now, and he's just such an amazing human being. And he has, he's got so many years of acting and teaching acting experience, and now also teaching animators acting, uh, which is a slightly different sort of skill set. And um, mm -hmm. so he's got lots of great insights on these kind of questions. Um, but one of the things I know he would say is, um, and one of the one of the things he's rather famous for saying is, um, you know, if you have a character on screen that does not currently have an actual agenda, then it's a waste. It's a shot that's not worth having in the film. And he's right. Mm -hmm. And it's because and I would say that this ties into um, a keyword that you hear Andrew Gordon use a lot, 
the specificity. What is the specificity of the scene? What's what is it specifically that's going on right now? Um, because like the example I always use, and this is maybe going to sound like I'm beating a dead horse because I use it all the time, but it's just so it's just so obvious to me is that if the scene is a character sitting on a bench for a waiting for a like at a bus stop, there is a very you not that's not a scene sitting on a bench waiting for a bus because you're not like why are you waiting for the bus what's the specificity of waiting for the bus are you waiting for the bus to because you're late for work are you uh waiting for the bus because you're going on a date that you're really excited about are you going on the bus to, to catch a funeral of, of a loved one who just passed away these are all very different agendas but the but the but the but the stage is the same and so to give the character life, you need to you need to go deeper than just having them do things. They mm. need to be tr like uh, trying to accomplish something in their life at that specific moment. What is the specificity of that moment, and how does it relate to that the specificity of that character? You need to know the character well enough to know how they would react in that kind of scenario, and then you dig deep in there and you make sure that you're delivering the goods. Otherwise the scene is just going to feel empty and hollow and it's mm. not interesting. Yeah. You know, absolutely. animators that are good at figuring that out are going to have people hanging off their seats because that character is as real as a live action character in a film or yep. more so because we have more tools as an animator to really crank it to 11 that an actor really can't compete with. If you really think about it, it's why Pixar films are so engaging because the stories are great, but the characters are so well-established and so, so true to themselves, you know, because, yeah. you know, animators get to work in like literally slow motion because they're able to analyze and break down a shot where an actor has to do it all real time. It's like the difference between live streaming versus like having a week to put something together and edit it and have infographics and all kinds of cool things. Yeah, sure. It's uh, it's a different world. You can really dig deep and apply more that you can uh, during a live stream. Absolutely, yeah. There was this one shot I had uh, when I was working on the Ninja Turtles uh, 2012 series, where all, every character was, was I worked right? on that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's a that great was, series. That was a dream job. That's everyone said, "What what's your dream <laughs> job?" I said, "If I work on turtles, I'm happy. <laughs> that's I'll awesome. quit well, the industry." And I'm well, like, what the hell? Too, now too you got nothing. But... What are you going to do now? You've like you just <laughs> exactly. had to hang up the, the jersey out. and oh man. Yeah. But there were all the characters were in the scene, uh, in the background, and oh, so, so cool. they were they were in the kitchen in the turtle lair, and I was like, man, what am I going to do? Like <laughs> we're talking like there's probably eight characters in this mm. shot, and so I've got Raph, uh, he's looking in the fridge mm. because he's obviously hungry. He's worked up an appetite from the <laughs> the fight. Um, so what's Mikey going to be doing? Well, Mikey's mm. behind him, and he wants he's hungry all the time, so he's mm. annoying Raph and like trying to get in there and um leonardo's just sort of like mm. sitting at the desk but i knew what was coming up for leonardo so mm. i had him in this real sort of like contemplative thing because i knew in the next episode he's going to be firing up mm. um and yeah so just just knowing that is yep. super it, it just takes it to the whole another level than they're just sort of standing around blinking that's it and breathing yeah it's funny because i often complain about idle animations and games for this problem is the idle animations mm. and games have become like these weird um they're cliches now it's like they're like you know they're they're just like they're not even really doing anything other than moving like a game character idle and <laughs> it's just so stupid and yeah. i'm like why why can't it be better than that like it's it's you know you have to understand the context that your character's in were they just running for a while can you give them an idol that feels you know like they're breathing and then it slowly transitions into a bit more of a calm idol but how calm are they surrounded by enemies that they have to be like at the ready 
it basically you have to understand what the emotions of that character would be at that given moment and try to give that life. Uh, mm -hmm. If anything, games are actually sometimes easier because they're, these things are usually a little bit more, you know, black and white the the kind of the, the states that the, the, the game is currently in and what the what the player is actually currently involved with um is helpful usually a helpful guide and but yet so often yeah. i find my animators giving me these sort of same old cliche animations i'm like what, what is this character doing oh they're breathing are they because it doesn't look like it. it looks like they're trying to look like they're breathing <laughs> like it doesn't look like a real <laughs> breathe at all you know and some yeah. some of these more cartoony games or more stylized games are really pushing the envelope on that and i think sometimes it's suitable but in a more realistic looking game it wouldn't make make sense at all like an assassin's creed game the idols are usually pretty contextual and they make you know give the give the character the proper amount of life and they look like they're you know um in the right state of mind for the for what's going on in the game at that time not always because yep. it can be difficult to get all the things right and um, even though you know maybe sometimes animations have been done but they don't get triggered properly you know there's there's all often logic problems in video games that uh, that are causing animation problems yep Let's uh, right. drop another one up here. And I see that there's sure. some kind of showing up in chat. Well, I think after this one, I'll, I'll go and we'll, we'll sort of hunt one down and chat and see. But if you do have a question, then by all means, just drop it All right. in here. Um, let's see. we got another one here. Drop it. Let's right go. Okay. This one okay? I, I, just, I just, I'm going in order. Should I have uh, a okay. different one? So well, I'm probably oh, not going to be too much of Hold on a second. Uh, this was it here. Okay. Oh, that's that's actually a really good one because it comes up all the time in my classes. Okay. So Go is there a formula for coming up with a line of action? So um, <sighs> there's no easy way of answering this one. Um, this was, by the way, this is from Joker Cletus. Underscore Joker Cletus is uh, the one who asked, asked this question. Uh, I... I think that if you're asking this question, it's because you need to do a little more homework on what line of action is. Um, I think that you need to start studying it. I think you need to pick up some good books and um, and you need to like, because basically what lines of action are is it's sort of the energy line that flows through a character. And basically you need to pick up on that and you want to try to echo that line with the silhouette as much as possible. What you don't want is a bunch of conflicting lines that just sort of don't have an overall feel and direction to it. Those poses are they don't they they lack a line of action and and uh, because it's it's they get drowned out. There's no there's no clear um, resonating line of action. And it doesn't doesn't say that it doesn't mean that all the body needs to like follow and be parallel to that line. It's not what I'm saying at all. It just needs to be the main line that runs through the body that's very clear. Um, and that usually that line usually runs through the legs, through the spine, and up through the neck and the head, um, but also through the through the arms. Um, you can have more than one line of action in in a pose. That's that's totally fine as long as there's sort of some some consistency to it and a coherence to it. And so basically. If you squint your eyes and look at the silhouette, uh, you should be able to discern that there's an overall shape. And this, the lines of actions are usually C, C curves or S curves. Uh, C curves are usually energetic lines, usually used in moments of action, like a jump, like takeoff moment of a jump, uh, where S curves are often more seen in more relaxed poses, um, where characters are a bit more at rest, or, or in poses where they're in change, in a state of change. You see S curves a lot when you're changing from a C to another C. Um, S's are what you're usually seeing because of 
that you know they're usually because of overlapping action um you usually see some sort of s sort of form there um during the transition so that's sometimes why the s's are there but basically it's it's not an easy answer it's like you kind of have to get it to get it and the way you're going to get it is probably by picking up a good book on it and or maybe even god forbid even if you are terrified of this idea starting to do some some um some um life drawing Life drawing is where you're going to get good at this. Um, I tell people if they're if they if life drawing is not a thing that they really feel like they want to invest in, then you could do the same thing with just poses. Find, pick your favorite character and just get good at giving yourself some inspiration, some poses, some reference, and try to recreate those. In other words, find some good poses that have good already good existing lines of action, and then um, use those as your references. And then what you're probably going to want to do is even push those to to even refine and help exaggerate an already existing line of action is basically how you push a pose is that you make them even more of what they can be um great books that i could i could suggest there's so many out there the one i usually point out is samantha yusuf's book if you find it although it's a little tricky to find because it's i think it's out of print right now you, you used to be able to get it on amazon and I know she wants to make another one, so maybe they'll do a reprint of the original one at that time. But that, if you could get your hands on that book, you should. Um, other books uh, I I could suggest would be um, um, the Bern Hogarth books. They have a, he's got a lot of really good ones like dynamic figure drawing. He's a he's a um, I don't know if he's still around. I always say this whenever I bring up his name, but he's an old school comic book artist. But I mean, there's many more. I, you know what? We, sh we should start making like um, uh, recommended reading lists for Agora. Yeah, that's a great one. That's that's a Burn Holcroft right there. That well, yep. there you go. He's got both of them. He's, he, there's a bunch of them. There's like at least ten of them, I think. There's like yeah. dynamic wrinkles, and there's dynamic hands, oh, and wow. there's yeah, yeah. And there's another really great one. Um, and we had him. Uh, why, why am I failing at his name right now? We had him um, at the 24 Hour Ultimate Animation Challenge. He's one of the first speakers, uh, one of the first guests, and he that. talks about. Um, he talks about the leading edge, drawing with force. Uh, Mike, Mike Matessi. So he's, um, I have his mm. book. I'd have to go try to find it. And the problem is I have most of my books are in piles right now because I'm reconfiguring my 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 book case. So it's a bad timing for this conversation. But if you look for Mike Matessi and look for books made by him, I think, it, I think the book he made is called Drawing with Force. Um, and you can um, maybe go back and even check his, I think it's up on our library because it was part of the ultimate animation challenge. You can see his little talk. You can also find his, him, his talks online, but he also talks a little bit. He talks about the leading edge, which is sort of a kind of a, it's, 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 it's connected to lines of action. I find, mm. but yeah, yeah. V plant. Yeah. She, that's exactly Mike, Mike Matessi. That's his name. If you want to check and chat there, um, she typed it for us to save you the hassle of figuring out how to spell it. Thanks. Mate. Um, so yeah, thanks for that, Veronica. You're always you're always uh always in the background, always, always making the magic happen. She's always um, watching. Always, always. <laughs> don't screw with don't screw with her because she's always watching. <laughs> um, um did you have I I think I feel like I just totally uh totally no, um, or totally glad uh, you uh glad you took over that one. Uh so <laughs> just going going back to Samantha Yusuf, uh she's gonna be up on our roster for she experts. Is. She, she is. is. Um, would she be? Is she going to be open to analyzing life drawing? So if I, people, I can't see why not. Or is she's it just the animation. She'd be the perfect person to do that, right? I think if you yeah. had some, like at least if you had a bunch of, you wanted to work on your poses and you wanted to get some feedback, she'd be amazing to do that. Yeah, because that's what she does. Like her studio technique is that's what she does. She instructs and she coaches. She even does one-on-one -on -one, um, mentoring and stuff like that when it comes to this exact kind of topic. 
So, but uh, yeah. the fir- your first step is at least getting a book or two on it and starting to absorb it and Un- try to understand it. Um, yeah. And um, and then that's going to just by understanding it, it's going to reconfigure your brain when you're making a pose because you're going to be thinking about more things than just the utility of the pose or the message yeah. of the pose. You're going to start thinking about, oh, also a good silhouette and one that mm-hmm. has a good a good uh, dynamic line through it that that is you know saying what I needed to say. Um, it all yeah. starts with with just understanding and then practicing. Yeah. Like check out the frame by frame, like those breakdowns and start doing some breakdowns yourself is just grab one of your favorite scenes from like super cartoony movies or anything really. And just trace over them in Photoshop, you know, really just understand what's going on. Totally agree. I'm going to try to uh, bring one up from chat here now. Let's see. Uh... Okay. I got one here. This one right here. <laughs> Nab, Nab, Nabby Hobby, who's I think or at least was in chat. Um, maybe they're still here. If you are, hello. How are you? Um, is it safe to use end cloth, end hair, or other procedural generated animations in a demo reel? That is an excellent question. Um, if it's done well. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's true. You know, like I, I think that it, we're, we're entering it. <sighs> I think maybe it depends on the industry that you're trying to get into. Um, I think the game industry, this would be for sure okay because mm-hmm. we're always trying to get as much procedural stuff going on for this kind of thing because it makes the animation process faster. Um, and uh, when you know that some things are just going to be taken care of for free and it just looks better in the game because there's lots of things that are going to happen to a character that is not going to be necessarily animation driven. Like for instance, blends between animations and sometimes blends um, if used aggressively would produce momentum and that momentum won't be factored into what's going on on the cloth. It's just going to do a blend from point A to point B as opposed to drag properly because it's physical. So I'd say that, um, so to, to double down what Pat, what Pat, what, uh, what, um, what's your name again? Scott, right? What Scott yeah. said about doing it right <laughs> you should it's about like understanding why we use these tools and show mm. proficiency at it because then what you're able to do is be like look it's it's not a, it's not this is not me cheating this is me working smart not hard and i want to show that i i've i've dug into these systems and i i i know how they work and so that way you're now just became more marketable because now hopefully your animation is good and i want you on the team and it, hey you also have a little bit of experience with some of these dynamic systems great you can get in the engine get your hands dirty and start helping with some of those because we need a you know a good artistic eye to tune some of these things because otherwise they're being tuned by engineers and that's not always going to end well. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, also make sure you advertise it. Make sure that you're not like, don't put that stuff on your reel and not say, hey, by the way, the hair was dynamic because that could get you into a lot of trouble because people are going to be like, did you maybe, you know, not think to tell us that you didn't, you know, and, and, you know, I don't, I just don't think you want that to come up in a conversation. You want to be upfront and very clear about anything that you didn't keyframe on your own. Mocap, I have the same problem with mocap. People put mocap mm-hmm. on their reels all the time. They, they don't necessarily even say that it was mocap and, or sometimes they just say it was mocap, but they don't really let me know and, or understand what they did. Okay, good. So you you rendered some mocap, bravo, and you put it on your demo reel. You need to give people a little bit more than that so they understand why they should be impressed by it. Yep, absolutely. So absolutely. it's an opportunity to show off, but just make sure you you sell it that way, you know, and yeah. making it good, A, make it yeah. B, announce it, and C, um, you know, uh, um, 
maybe push the envelope with it, maybe come up with some cool usages usages of these these technologies that maybe go like, wow, that's I never even thought of doing that. It's amazing. Like maybe yep. innovating a little bit, you know, God forbid. Because yep. people are at the end of the day, people are looking for um trailblazers, right? They want people that are going to be autonomous. I, I want to be able to hire you and then put you in the production floor. And then it's just you just force multiply everyone around you. That's the ideal scenario, right? It's, you don't need to have your hand held so you know what you're doing, but you're also going to maybe teach tricks to the people around you because you're that type of person who's always looking for tricks, always looking for ways yep. of getting it done more efficiently because nobody doesn't, there's not, I don't, I don't want an efficient team said no producer ever is basically what's going on here. You want to make sure that you are in that kind of scenario. And I think that the same advice goes, is true for film. I don't think, I don't think it's more or less true for games. Um, um, I think it's, you know, as long as you're, as long as you're being upfront about it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, you could have the best animation on your demo reel, but if you've mm. got cloth or sim, that's not great. It's going to take away from that. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's people will be paying more attention to the stuff that's not working to the stuff that is. So, you know, I've seen it done super well. There was this one demo reel where this guy looked like it looked like a Pixar movie. Um, you know, he had a princess and that sort of thing, and the dress was all dynamics, and yeah. it, was, it just looked incredible. Yeah. Um, and it's like, give him a job. But yeah, yeah. I've also seen the opposite where yeah. the hair is just like flipping out. And totally. It's like, yeah. yeah. Exactly. It's it's so. a, a chance for you to to show off, but make sure that's not a chance to just make you look like a, a bumbling idiot who's just you know playing with the cool toys, but have, have you have no idea how to use them. I think the yeah. same thing, this, this question could have also been extended to lighting and rendering. I get that mm. question a lot. Like, is it worth it? And I'd be like, yeah, if you do a good job, it's damn well worth it because it could be that thing that stands you out above, uh, beyond everybody else. Cause a good presentation is everything, but I'll tell you what, don't, like we used to make this joke. This is this this predates the today version of demo reels. I come from the era of demo reels on VHS tapes, and then shortly after that was demo reels on DVDs, and now demo reels are all online. But the back in the VHS and DVD days, you had a physical thing, and I'll and in <laughs> there were some people out there that really went above and beyond with the packaging. They would have a really cool like like the DVD case was like custom printed, and it was just amazing. And I'm always worried about those ones because I always feel like they're compensating for something. And it's almost always true. Almost always. Usually the one that real impresses you the most are the ones that are just like, it's just a DVD in a black case with like their name on, like with masking tape. Those ones are usually the best. And usually it's because that's they spent all their time on the animation. And they like, they burnt their animation to the DVD literally 10 minutes before they had to leave to catch the bus to get to the interview. Those are the people that are usually have better stuff. But every once in a while, every once in a while, there's, a, a well-presented reel that also blows my mind. Those are the people that I still remember today because they've got, they had mm. both, but the ones that I also remember in the negative way are the ones who are just like, it was like, it was a, just a complete train wreck. You know what I mean? Don't over package something that doesn't, doesn't got, you know, it doesn't have the goods, you know, all icing and no cake is not a good place to be. <laughs> yeah. You know? Cause I've heard the opposite. Like I've heard, if you want to get a job, like stand out, you know, yeah. you got to stand out. Like you, you do. They're getting hundreds out. of these applications. So yeah, if for you sure. Get something on your desk that is 
completely well packaged and it's like oh my god this person went to the extra effort you're right yes you can stand out for sure but you stand out as an abysmal failure and that's not good (laughs) so and i don't want to scare people into the idea of not packaging their stuff because i think it is a good way of of separating yourself from from the rest because you will be remembered for it but do you want to be remembered for good animation or do you want to be remembered for like the person who overpackaged a piece of poop that's the question right you gotta you gotta you know know your your worth and know what you got in there and don't over sell something that that you spend the time instead on making your animations better make the content better it's a slippery slope it's easy to fall down that little slope okay so we have one from um, v plant herself had a question let's let's uh let's throw this one up have you ever had yeah she always gets the juicy ones (laughs) have you ever had a program crash slash data corruption on an apocalyptic level like lost two weeks of work of work sort of crash data corruption i i have to say that there's i can almost spot the tears in this as if this (laughs) is definitely from experience um yes absolutely yes i have absolutely experienced pretty a pretty pretty bad bad um like just broken, like nothing sucks more than usually what it is, is I deleted something by accident, like an idiot or, um, I, um, or I more often than not, it's just that something broke in the scene and I didn't save it as an ASCII file. And so like, I can't even send that to like one of my genius friends who knows how to like maybe unscrew a scene, um, if they can dig into the mail, but yeah, it's happened. I mean, luckily it hasn't happened too often. The one thing you got to look out for is if, especially for all of us that are working from home now, it's a smart idea to make sure that you have some, this is smart anyways, um, is to have a good backup scenario. Like don't just have all your data on like your C drive in documents. This is a recipe for friggin' disaster. At the very least, have a backup on a separate drive that's on your computer. If you want extra bonus points, you'll have an also another backup of that, which will be on an external drive um, or on a NAS, a network access storage, which is what I have. Um, and if you want to be even like the 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 uh, the gold standard of backing up your 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 software or you're backing up your your files, your data, the gold standard is to have two physical copies and a third physical copy that's remote. In other words, not in the same house. Because God forbid you have some natural disaster like a fire or a flood that even if you were doing it all right, you had a physical failure of your drive because of something bad happening. This 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 can be really bad. Like think about it. If you had all your years worth of stuff, all your demo reel stuff, you didn't really have it online. You just, you, you always thought you're going to do it tomorrow and you just never do. And then one day it's all gone. You got to think about these things. It doesn't take that much time to at least, you know, you can just at the very least, at the very least, use your friggin' um, um, one of one or more of your cloud drives. Use at least that, yep. you know, because then you can end up with like, I mean, I know I have like um, my OneDrive with Microsoft because I actually have a, I have, I have like a 365 account. It comes with, um, at least mine did when I bought it, uh, it was like a four-year plan. Um, it, it came with a, um, at least a terabyte of space, which is a lot of space. That'd be pretty expensive if I bought a terabyte from Google Drive, but it's it's a decent amount of space. And so, you know, that at the very least, I could back up a lot of stuff there. Uh, Scott, yeah. you have a, some sort of Absolutely. tragic horror story to, to, to share with us? Something anecdotal? Uh, not a tragic horror story, <laughs> but uh, I did, you know, like four hours, I saw there was a comment there from Ayumi, a uh, five-hour crash. I had something very similar where, you know, I'd been working, working, didn't save. And next thing the power went out. Um, 
lost it, you know. But right. I did find that when I got back into it, I animated it a hell of a lot quicker than yeah. the first time around because I'd already done it before. But yeah, that's true. Yeah, when I was uh, when I was starting to work from home a few weeks ago, I went out. I bought like a four terabyte <laughs> external, put all there my skull brain stuff on it yep. um someone told me to get like a a small backup box a generator that you plug your computer into so oh, yeah. if there is a power failure you've yes. got like five to 20 minutes depending on which one you get to save all your work yep. and because and i wish i'd done it because i was in the computer Dude. store and then i was working uh the other day power went out i was like yep. if i had just spent Only, the hundred bucks on that box yeah. Yep. So that's amazing advice. I, I didn't even think about that. The the idea of something as simple as just having a like APC um, um, makes these battery backups. They're called UPSs. Um, mm -hmm. There are other brands on the market, but I feel like that company, I think the company's Schneider, I think, Schneider Electrics, mm. they're probably the most prolific. Um, it is 100%, 100% one of the best investments you can make. 100%. I have those everywhere in my house. I have, <laughs> I have, so I have a work computer and a, and a home computer. I'm on my home computer now. They both have their own independent ups, uh, UPSs. I have, um, I'm a bit of a nerd. So when we built this house, I, I had like cat six essentially wired in all the rooms that I would need it. And so I have like a switch in like a room and like, even like, so all my, my router and my switch, they all have their own UPS as well. And uh, even my Xbox and my PlayStation, I put on a UPS because mm -hmm. you don't like there's there's sleep mode and then the power goes out and then it complains about like possible data failure. So basically, you don't have to be an idiot nerd like me, at least have it on your computer because it will save your life one day for sure. Or at least your sanity. Yeah. That's yeah. a good, that's a really Absolutely. good piece of advice right there. Oh, I'm um, petrified. If I lose like 11 years worth of work, like I just, it would yeah. kill me. It would yeah. kill me. Um, Crab Nuts asked... Can't wait to meet Crab Nuts. He's uh, yeah. Can't wait <laughs> it's going to happen one day. Um, are there no auto saves? The thing with yeah. auto, like yeah, there are auto saves, but half the time you don't know if it's auto saving or crashing mm. on you. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but it's true. I mean, a lot of people yeah. that, it, it just simply turning on auto save would have saved themselves a lot of trouble. Yep. The very, you should have that on for sure. I mean, it's crazy not to. It just takes a couple minutes to set up. Usually, depending on your software, you might as well do it. Um, mm. And um, nothing sucks more than when you like you build a new computer and you install everything and you forget. And then you're like, I can't believe I didn't turn on, turn on auto or, or you forgot to turn on. Like, I don't even know why Maya ships and installs with infinite um, undoes not by default. Instead, yeah. it's just some stupid number like 10. And it's just like, oh my God, I got burned by that again. But um, yeah, I think uh, setting up your undoes properly and setting up auto back is obvious first steps for sure. Yeah, definitely. Good question. Definitely. Right. Um, what else, what what next here? We're, all, oh, we we're almost out of time. It happens fast. I know it's crazy. I saw I Gurley Bits had mentioned that um, in which it surprises me. I think those are probably American numbers, but two terabytes of Google space on the Google Drive is only ten dollars a month. That's ten dollars American. I guarantee you they gouge Canadians and probably some of the other countries. Um, probably Australia. I, I'd have to yeah, I'd have to go check, but if it is indeed around that, I mean, I I think I remember last I looked, it was like I thought it was like fifteen somewhere between fifteen and nineteen a month which is a decent amount but it, but then again that's a lot of space and so you could have that one drive and you could use it you, you know it's all backed up and it's google so i i would i would have a hard time believing that um 
um, if they're going to have any big data failures. And if you're worried about it being like, I mean, I certainly wouldn't recommend you put like some very sensitive information on that drive um, because it is a cloud drive. And so, but I mean, what I mean by sensitive is things you don't want people to know about, like your social security number and things like this are probably better saved somewhere else uh, than a cloud drive. But, you know, that all depends where your where your your barometer is as far as trusting a lot of these companies. But like, you know, at the end of the day, these companies do get hacked and passwords are 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 learned. So I pay it yep. every month. I back up my animation stuff's on it and all my personal work as well. That that's just smart. Girly take a page out of Girly Bits is uh, Girly Bits is such a funny name. <laughs> uh, gr- <laughs> Uh, that's a, that's just, that's just good advice. I think we live in, in, in an age where it doesn't need to be a hassle. You can just mm-hmm. use, lose, use the technology that's, that, that you're surrounded by these days. Yep. Absolutely. Let me see. Do we have another question that we can dig All up right. for our, our last little, like, how about we, how we try to get two more questions? We'll get the last one yeah, that was an orange we'll in, in, the, in the sheet and we'll take Ooh. one more for chat. Okay. So here we go. You, you like this one? Is it a good one? This is a, this is a juicy one. This is. I haven't even read yeah. it yet. I just, I see a color. I think and just, we're going to be going for like another. Oh, two hours with this one. <laughs> okay, this one is as an animator. What are the signs you should look out for? Signs you sh- sorry. What what are the signs you look out for when it's time to decide to change direction? Mm. What are the signs you look out for when it's time to decide to change direction? Okay, so I I so I think and this by the way this question was asked by bums to you. Um, <laughs> You thought so, Gally Bits was an interesting name. Yeah, I know. We got all kinds of handles on here. <laughs> um, as an animator, what are the signs? Man, um, that's a good question. That's a good question. Yeah, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna make the assumption. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on the limb here and say that I think what this means is how do I know as an animator that maybe it's not working? The shot doesn't work. I, I think that's what you're asking. Uh, like take a different direction. Or is it like, is it direction in your life, in your career? Like you're trying I'm to animate. I'm guessing it's that. Exactly. Yeah. You could take it both ways, right? Like, yeah. it, like if you reread it, it could be both. How about we just answer it both ways? Two for Let's one. Let's do it. Yeah, okay. So uh, with, if, if what you're asking is, how do I know that the shot's not working anymore? And wh- when should I actually maybe change, change, uh, change direction? I'd like to try to sort that out at the block phase like i like to try to like sell the shot to myself and maybe my peers and hopefully my supervisor um, or my mentor you know what i mean i always try to get something early blocked out so that i could show them i want to be able to pitch my idea um because if i can get other people excited by it then it's probably going down the right road and you don't want to get yourself like the whole analysis paralysis is a thing in animation because there's literally a million ways that you could actually do that shot and you could be chasing your tail forever or try to adopt a good enough attitude. You know what I mean? And, but, but this question strikes at the heart of how do you know it's good enough? And I think it, 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 it all comes down to getting feedback, getting feedback from anybody. You could be getting feedback from your mom, your dad, your best friend, your, your brother or sister, like get feedback from anything as any, anybody, because, just just seeing how they react to it is, I think, going to be probably very telling. 
Um, mm. So I'd say block it out and pitch it. Get used to pitching it to whoever can look at it. If you're on the job, the pitch is going to be probably going to your peers and your supervisor. Um, if you're doing personal work, then you're going to have to probably um, have a network of people that you can actually rely on. And a good way of doing that is just being a part of a community like this is where we're going. One of the things that I'm most excited about for Agora community is getting those profiles set up so people can be posting their own work. So rather than doing it on Discord, you can actually go and just post it on your own channel and it shows up as like a newsfeed thing on people that are following you. Like that, that what a great way to just be able to network. So it's just, it just happens automatically. And these conversations just be organically occurring every minute of every day. Um, and it's a great way to get that feedback until then, then please do utilize the discord channel and get your stuff out there. I see the really great conversations happening on, on, on the, uh, on the channels there where people are giving each, uh, each other really great advice. So keep that up. So yeah. I don't know. Do you want to take a crack at that version of the question or do you want to take a crack at well, the way, the way you read it? If you are going to your mom and you, or your dad, or your, <laughs> just be careful yeah. because they don't want to hurt your feelings sometimes. Yeah, that's know? true. So that's they'll true. be like, oh, that's very nice. Or they don't even understand what they're looking at. Yeah, so. yeah. No, that's good. It, it's, yeah. That's a good point. You got to know how to get feedback from people that are not animators. And I think mm. the key is is don't expect them to be able to give you feedback on the animation. Give They'll give, be able to give you feedback on, on understanding the shot, for instance. You could be like, what's going on in this shot, mom? You know, ask like poise it like this so that it's not just like, how do you like my animation? Because they're going to be like, it's so yeah. amazing, dear. Yeah. That's so great. Because yeah. it's obviously more than they can probably do, unless your animator, unless your mom or dad is some famous animator I don't know about. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, the point is yes, you need to take it with, with a grain of salt and you need to, you know, what you can expect from, from, from certain people and uh, take yeah. it, take it for what it's worth. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I, uh, one of the last films that I worked on, uh, they had us drawing our idea out on post-it notes and pitching it that way. And then we could just tear it up or change it, you know, mm -hmm. like, it's like, well, I like the lower half, but let's change the, the top half. So you just draw yeah. it on a new post-it note, yeah. stick it over the top. They had us do this really good exercise where they got us to draw the character like 10, 10 times or something like that. And then we mm -hmm. had to go through, and find out, uh, you know, just find what our best one was, which was the one that we really liked the most. And then we went and put it up on the wall. Everyone put their their post-it note on the wall. We went and looked at them. Mm -hmm. Went, yeah, that's great. And they're like, right, go take it, rip it up. Like, what? <laughs> what? Like, yeah, rip it up. Let's start. Like, you know, like, don't get attached to your ideas. Like, just always be able to change gears and adjust. And sometimes your best idea might not be the best idea. So, yeah, it's really... Mm -hmm. um. Just getting out as many iterations as you can in that in that planning stage, because you're right. If you go too far down that road and you're in blocking or you're in spline, like you've yeah. just wasted a whole lot of time yeah. um, for something that's going to have to change. Like it's happened to me so many times where I've gotten a shot to the finish stage yeah. and it went to the animation director and they're like, take that out so, yeah oh no whereas if they'd seen it like so exactly like, before yeah spend a day on it and get that feedback okay you, you lost you didn't even lose a day technically because you put something out there now you mm. have a better idea as to what it needs to be okay great yeah you roll with the punches yep. and then you, you block out a new shot and the next day they're hopefully going to be like yes exactly and now you're not polishing a turd as a you know now yep. you know that that is going to work you know the animation director is on board um yep. and this is this is a reflex that you need to get good at because it's part of the job do not hold on to those shots for too long you know like mm. don't get like so feedback i think so 
again, to reiterate, I think to know whether it's working or not, you got it's not usually going to come down to only you. It's going to come down to how other people respond to it. And sometimes it's because it's their job. And sometimes it's because it's your mom and dad and your brother and sister, and your friends, all these people have eyeballs and they are audience members. They are to, to films. They are players of games. So they have an opinion. You just have to carefully craft the question so you can parse useful information and feedback from that. Um, another yep. good way to do it, and people do this all the time, is silhouette mode. It's change mm -hmm. your perspective. You know, make sure that you find a way of giving yourself a fresh set of eyes so you can look at it again for the first time. So silhouette mode is a good way to do that. Flipping it horizontally, mirroring it so that you're seeing the scene from a completely different, like it, it changes everything. By the way, that's terrifying to doing that, by the way. You don't realize, yeah, what, what Joanimate jo just said, flipping the canvas is very yep. useful tool. Also, just like, you know what, just some distance. You know, put it put it on the, the back burner and work on another shot for a while and give it some time and come back to it the next day. Sometimes yeah. you'll just be kicking a dead horse and you'll come back to it with fresh eyes and be like, oh my God, this is just not working. And okay, good. Now you have that perspective and then you you make it happen. But again, um, you know, get you need to put yourself in a position where you're trying to get that feedback from either yourself or from your peers uh, and or supervisors at a timely fashion. Like make sure it's coming in at the right time, not at the end, because that's just not fun. Producers yeah. don't like that. Yeah. They don't like it when you spend two weeks polishing something that then doesn't even make it into the film because it's that's two weeks that just vanish. They just got eaten by the by yeah. the monster, and uh, that's not good. And then the you shot get doesn't get done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you never work in the industry ever again. Yeah. Um, but if you want to change direction in your career, yeah, which is uh, another way this question could go. Well, I think yeah. you kind of know. Yeah. You know, if if getting up in the morning consistently is a struggle, maybe you're like five, ten minutes late to work, then like you you understand, like you 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 do have this gut feeling of yeah. what you want to be doing. Yeah. And um sometimes it's taking a step back and and reflecting on that. Um things that I've done in the past, and I swear by this, is just mm -hmm. take time, get a piece of paper, get a notepad go somewhere quiet mm -hmm. and just start writing. And I've done it before. It's like, okay, what do I like about where I'm at? Mm -hmm. List all that stuff. Yeah. All right. Now, what don't I like about where I'm at? List all that stuff. Right. Yeah. yeah. And um, just taking stock almost taking stock. Yeah. And then mm -hmm. look for what, what is working and then go, okay. And then look previously at things that you've done and say, okay, so like, just is it okay for me to get a little bit personal here? Yeah, go ahead. okay with it. So we do. That's what we do in our community. We we pour our heart and tears out. Yeah, of the, I know. Out of the yeah. stream, go but, for it. No, I mean, um, for me, it was uh, because I was so heavily involved in acting, and I loved it, and I just loved that performance. Mm. Being an animator, loved that as well because you know I was always like just making things move when I was in high school, and so I really wanted to marry those two things, and. Um, you know, use my acting skills with my computer skills and that. But I got to a stage in the career where I was just sitting at the computer screen plugged in for eight hours, nine hours mm -hmm. a day. And so there was something missing. And yeah. so I had to take that step back and go, right, so what? what is it? Well, dude, you love performing and you love, <laughs> like, you're not getting up, you're not moving around, you're not talking to people. Mm -hmm. um, so I realized that I was missing that performance, which is mm -hmm. why I've sort of started this YouTube channel, because yeah. that kind of fulfills that need of yeah. that creativity that I was missing. Yep. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, and what you're kind of talking about here is because it may not be so black and white, right? You mm -hmm. might love animating, but if you love it 
like if you if you if you know that you like it and you spend all of your time doing that then you may be missing other things that you like and you might need some of those other things to balance your peace of mind and your sense of fulfillment it's very possible i mean i mean anything that breaks that and breaks it up a little bit and gives you some time to reflect i mean some people swear by meditation right mindfulness yep. is really a way for you to silence your mind for at least a little while during the day um, so that you can allow yourself, it's almost like cleansing the palate in a way so that you are not just in this sort of gerbil wheel, like this constant, just running on a wheel of time, even though you're convinced that you love it, you probably do, but you might be missing a lot of other things that are going on around you and um, there are other opportunities. So like by having another outlet, like you're still involved in animation, um, obviously, and, and you, you know, but having this other thing on the side is maybe complements that, right? It gives you yeah. that extra little sort of thing. So having your own little personal project can go a long way to, to helping fulfill some of those other things that aren't being satisfied by, by yeah. your animation career. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, some and people it's... might get scared by that thinking, well, maybe I shouldn't be animating because I really like this acting thing. It's like, well, maybe I just like both. Maybe there's a way of having both and maybe take, take a shot at it and see what happens. Who knows? Maybe the YouTube channel just takes off and next, you know, this is all ancient history. We never see you again because you're just <laughs> flying around in personal jets so. with all the YouTube money you make. Right. We don't oh, know. Oh yeah. All that. I, hey, I watched that conversation with Daniel Floyd. I know what yeah. it's going to take. <laughs> but, oh, um, but no, and sometimes it, it's either like a, uh, you change directions completely or maybe it's a lateral move in um, absolutely in the studio that you're in maybe it's yep. getting into a different department so you know for, for me maybe it's becoming more of a i don't know like project manager so i'm still involved still doing it but i'm up yep. moving around talking to people you know that's it that's it yep. and you're still you're still like able to work and, and touch and work with the same sort of big picture of animation but maybe just yep. approach it in a different way this is funny that you said this because i also i wanted to just um i wanted to just um tip my hat over to to, to girly bits again here mm. because um in chat there was sort of like there you know so this hopefully, hopefully you don't mind wow let me try that again. Words usually require the proper coordinated <laughs> movement of lip and vocals to create the proper words. Um, I've heard about that. Yeah, it's, it's a thing, apparently. I just forget to do it sometimes when I have a mic in my face. So Girly Bits, had. hopefully you don't mind me sort of just putting a spotlight on you here for a second, but I think it's meaningful. And I think that a lot of people feel the same way as you do. So I'm going to use you as an example to talk about something. So you started off by saying, God, I really wish I had that kind of environment. And I think that the idea, I think what you were reacting to was this idea of having people that you can actually pitch to reliably and um, mm -hmm. safely in a way that you know that you don't have to feel weird about throwing it out there and getting some good feedback. Uh, then you followed it up with, it's so hard to have that when you work remotely. And I agree. Uh, remotely, remote has made this more difficult. This was one of the main motivators uh, behind why we decided to pull the trigger on this community is because we didn't know how bad this, this, this whole pandemic was going to get. David and I were like, if there was ever a time, this would be the time because there's going to be for sure a need for it because P animators are going to feel like they don't have that, that, communal water cooler that they used to go to at school or at work to just just be humans trying to learn the same thing together you know so we decided mm. that it was time to really get it up and running as soon as possible that's why there's a lot of features that are still missing because we're just like you know what we'll just get we're just going to start and just keep adding things to it until it's that sort of perfect vision of uh that we have in our minds then you said i think this is where you moved into this so to be honest sometimes i worry that i'm that i'm not ready and I should be in animation coordination until I, oh, you said something earlier where I go, I, I must've missed it. You said something about, you just feel weird putting it out in public. 
because a lot of you feel a lot of people feel like this. I don't know where you said it. You said it up there somewhere, but basically you were saying that it feels like you don't you just it doesn't feel right to put it out there because probably because how you feel right here, right? Sometimes I worry that I'm not ready and I should be maybe in coordination until I can get better animation. Coordination management is so much easier, but it's not my dream, you know. So I would say, look, there's nothing wrong with that. By getting if you can get a coordination job, okay, or a production job, if you are learning. This could be the best thing you ever did because one of two things is going to happen. One, well, one of maybe, maybe not just two things. Let's say three things. One, it puts you at a job, okay, where you're around animation. You can network. You can start making friends with and, and prove your worth to the people around you. And if, and if, and, and you can, why, why can't you put it out there that your dream is to be an animator one day? I've seen this happen on the job countless times where people transitioned over because they, they people, of course, are going to give, you know, girly bits a shot. Girly bits is awesome. They're running around solving production fires every day. They're able to help me when I need help. They're able to like, they're so organized. It's like, why would I not like give them a chance? Why I know her better than I know some random person who had a you know, decent demo reel. I see this all the time. So it could be your mm -hmm. way in. It's the same reason why a lot of people like try to get into a video game company, but they start as a tester. I have to say that the vast majority of them do not make their way out of the testing department, but that's usually because they don't apply themselves or maybe because they're not, they're not cut out for it. They have a fantasy about working in, um, in, um, as an animator or as a VFX artist or as a, a programmer or a, a game designer, it's usually a game designer. Um, and you know, so they figure the best way of getting there would be just get that job in a game company. And that does work. As a matter of fact, one of the last production managers that I thought was amazing um, was, a, a, was a tester that moved their way up the ranks in testing and make, became a supervisor in the, in the QA department. And then they became a producer, a, de a development producer. And that was like, that was what they wanted to do. And they just, they were on that tangent. They just kept applying themselves. They kept proving themselves and made it not a secret that they would, they, they aspired to do more than what they were currently doing. So it could be the perfect first step. I, I, another thing that could happen is that you might find that you really love coordinating. You might love it. You, who knows? Maybe you just maybe you're like, I loved animation. I thought I wanted to be an animator. Maybe I still kind of do, but I also really love this. You might get a sense of fulfillment right away, and that might satisfy you. And why, why look back? You might end up producing one day. You might be some big, gigantic producer in some big film company because you started as a coordinator. You know what I mean? Because that would be the ladder you would climb on the, on the coordination, like sort of, track um and then the other thing that could happen is you might learn you hate both of them and you're just like i thought i liked animation but like being around it every day and seeing all the drama and like all the stress that people are in sometimes because it is it, productions can be stressful they're not always stressful but um it turns a lot of people off maybe it's not for you maybe you realize oh my god now that i see it for what it is maybe so sometimes you need to taste something before you know you like it you know, and so put yourself out there and just try because one thing, one thing is for sure, you will have more information now because you did that than you did before, as opposed to Absolutely. just li living in that vacuum of just worrying about not being ready, you know, because you could you be a coordinator and continue working on your, your animation skills. Man, you're going to probably mm -hmm. find some people that are like, you know, senior animators that might even be willing to give you some feedback on your stuff, man. Like, why wouldn't they? You know, Girl Bits is awesome. Of course, I'm going to take five minutes to look at look at her stuff. Like, why would I not do that? So I don't know. Yep. Just a thought. I saw Absolutely. it in there. I felt like I needed to react yeah. to it. No, so, I think it's a, a good point. Um, mind if I go on a tangent with that? Please do. Go on one. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm an expert but, at tangents, though. It's only it's only fair. Uh, yeah. Uh, just what you were saying then, Brent, brought me back to that 
conversation we just had about getting your shots done as soon mm -hmm. as possible. Like do life like that, you know? yeah. <laughs> like yeah. try it, experiment. Absolutely. And if you don't Absolutely. like it, throw it out, like move on. Um, yeah. There's a really good book called fail fast, <clears throat> fail often, mm -hmm. you know, and then sometimes we can just noodle on things and then we get it out yeah. to the world and, and realize it's, whereas if we just got it out straight away, then we can get that feedback and then move on to the next thing. So absolutely. Like just try it. You never know what's going to come. Absolutely. Um, yeah, go on. No, go ahead. I was going to say there's uh, also another great book. Um, it's called Skullboy and the Leap of Faith. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because it's true. There is, there, is a, there, is a, there is a connection here. That's funny. It, no, absolutely. And that's the exact reason why I wrote this story is because <clears throat> there's so much self-doubt and yep. things that can just hold us back, whereas we yep. just need to take that step and go for it and try it out. And yeah, it's tough and it's really hard and it can take years to come over that, uh, to yep. get over that. But um, skullbrainbooks.com, it's on the first page. You can download it for free. I'm not even asking for your mailing list, like, you know, um, although you should sign up to the mailing list because I'm like sending out weekly emails just about stuff that I experienced trying to get into animation or at least just trying to like live a life that I thought was fulfilling to myself. Like we're getting pretty deep and philosophical here, but <laughs> it's just kind of like from what you, you've been saying early bits, it's yeah, it's just kind of that doubt that can hold us back yep. sometimes. Totally. Um, but uh, what's, no. what's the worst that's going to happen, right? You, like yeah. you try and you fail and you're like, but, if, but even if the failure doesn't, doesn't overwhelm your sense of still wanting to do it, you know, you're on the right path. You just got to yeah. keep putting yourself out there. Right. Yeah. I think finding a good community and finding a, a mechanism that allows you like to, 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 to get that feedback and to start craving it. Right. Like you shouldn't be like we, so quick anecdote here that's related to the same topic that's interesting to dig, dig, dig into. We offer reviews, as most of you probably know, on our website that you can order from one of our many experts. And uh, there are two different flavors. Well, there's four technically. There's two different times. You get a 15-minute review or a half-an-hour review. Um, but then there's two different flavors. There is a public flavor, which is a little bit uh, cheaper, and a private flavor. What that means is if you want to be reviewed, but you don't want anyone else to see it, then you're going to order the private review because then it's between you and the reviewer and no one else yep. needs to see it. Um, the public ones go on the library so other people can learn from your successes and your failures. And um, that's the one that we believe in the most is why we incentivize it by making it the more affordable one. It's not like it's more expensive to make it more private. It's just that we actually wanted to incentivize people to putting them out there, uh, putting it out there because we believe in the fact that we can learn as a group better. We don't need to do it on our own. We could do it as a group. There's a reason why, you know, if, if I reflect back on my time in animation school at Sheridan, it, yes, we had some amazing instructors. But you know what we had more than that was even more powerful than amazing instructors? A bunch of people that had the same dream. And we learned mm -hmm. off of one another. We supported one another. And we grew together more so than we ever would have done on our own. And so we're trying to provide that same kind of environment here. And it doesn't even have to be here. If you, you know, maybe you have a school that you go to, like maybe like maybe there's a there's a community in your town like the you know the Vancouver Animation Network. Look in your immediate vicinity and you're going to find there's probably groups that you can join. Like, you know, there's the um 
IGDA, which is a famous uh, game uh, uh, group, which has chapters in cities all over the world. The International Game Developer Association, I believe it's what IGDA st stands for. Um, they have meetings at GDC, and it's like it's just a way of connecting with people that are like-minded so you can ask for their advice and you can get yep. some feedback from them and just like do it together. This is what you yep. need. This is what everybody yep. needs in life, you know, and and then just just be willing to put yourself out there. So for for those out there who want to get reviews, that I, and I started asking people like, why do you choose the private reviews? I wanted to I wanted to understand the people who are choosing private reviews. So I I wrote them emails, and a lot of them, most of them, most of them said, I just I don't think my work's good enough, and I was sort of shy to put it out there. You know what's really funny about that? I'm going to tell you a little secret. Most of the people who chose private reviews because they were too shy. They had amazing work. And I just find that amazing. And it's usually the people that are very critical and they're perfectionists mm. that are going to think that their work is not great. Um, and so you need to be self-aware enough to realize that you will, you're only stopping yourself from growing by not putting yourself in the public. You should get to the point where you just, you want to throw it out there and you want it to get torn apart because there's going to be a day in your life where that might not happen. And you're going to start feeling stagnant because you can't get the feedback. There are animators everywhere working jobs that they hate, not because the job is no good, but because they don't feel like they're growing as an artist or as a human being. And, and so, you know, consider yourself lucky if you can get a lot of feedback and there's a lot of things to say about your work because that feeling may not be forever. You're going to get these, you're going to hit these plateaus and then you're going to be itching for someone to tear a strip out of you because it means that you're going to get better. And, um, you know, yep. even people that are really good want to get better, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I don't know, girl, girly bits, if you were at the start of this um, Q&A, but I was sort of giving a little bit of my background. My first job came from a demo reel, and the only acting piece I had was in Stepped. I think it was on fours. I don't think it was even on twos, and there was like no lip sync. And I got into the industry. You know, it's, it's, and that could be like also having, um, you know, just a, a pleasant demeanor, like just being mature in your interview and things like that. Yep. But yep. if people see the potential, they're going to take a risk and yeah maybe you need to start off doing some preschool tv shows where you're just sort of like pumping yeah. out these episodes but yeah, absolutely your foot's in the door because that yep. job then led to my dream job which was ninja turtles yeah but it's yeah the other thing about tv yep. jobs that some people snub their nose at because oh, i want to work at pixar do not underestimate the need the the, the the real lesson that will be taught on a television production do you know what they're going to teach you they're not going to teach you to make your animation awesome you know what they're going to make you do become efficient at animating, which is something that you need to do no matter where you are working. You need to have good workflows and good uh, good discipline to be able to, uh, to, uh, to uh, uh, consistently produce at a speed that the, the job requires. And so TV <laughs> is going to teach you that because it is, trust me, it goes fast. Oh, You're pumping man. out episodes like every couple of weeks. You, like, I you think know, I you... had to do like 300 frames a day on one Oh, job. yeah. No, for sure. Like the, 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 the quotas are anywhere between 30, uh, 30 uh, seconds to a minute sometimes, maybe even yeah. bigger, you know, in some cases. Yeah. It depends on the style and it depends on the budget. But where, meanwhile, a Pixar animator has somewhere between like three and five seconds usually a week. So just to put it in comparison, but of course, you're packing a lot more quality and content into those five seconds than yeah. you would um, obviously in a television production because 12 television productions are just not the same caliber. Um, just one last little note on this topic. Um, you know, I think we, for people like Girly Bits, get a review, order a review. You're going to find that all reviewers are super down to earth, super, super nice. And if you can't afford it, 
then you know what? We, we're starting to do this new thing. You might have seen Scott's uh, recent post on yep. uh, free public reviews. Yes, you'll need to put yourself out there, but it will be, you, you'll still have the, 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 you'll still be able to do it under the guise and anonymity that comes with chat because the first version of these public reviews will just be like this. I don't know if you've ever seen one of my, li I, I do this every Sunday night, by the way. I'm changing it to, I'm, I'm doing the same thing that I've been doing for the last Sunday nights for a long time now, but instead of it only being limited to my own over animated kind of discord channel, I'm bringing it to the, to the Agora community. So now anybody can sign up for this and it's it, essentially, it's just me on Twitch. Um, you're going to get notified if you got, if you were one of the chosen ones, because we're going to always auction out or not auction, but lottery off the people who actually did sign up. Uh, if we have more than like the five or six slots that we're actually going to go with and you're going to get contacted, you could be there live if you can. I would suggest it because then you can communicate with me via chat. But the nice thing is it's like, you're still just this, a bunch of, text you know no one knows who you are just throw yourself out there nobody knows who crab nuts are is we all want to know but <laughs> deep down i don't want to know because it's like he will lose that mystique you know so i told him when he does appear someday in person or on video he needs to be in disguise so he's gonna he's, he wants to go get a crab suit and i i totally endorse this <laughs> and um my point is put yourself out there in one way or another because that's where you're going to start to really grow because you're going to start to get a better feel for how you're doing because you're going to get the feedback from, from someone who's used to supervising animators. So they're going to be able to tell you, you know, tell them in the note, be like, Hey, I'm putting myself out here. A Brent totally coerced me online to the point that I finally agreed to put getting a review in the notes. Say, I, can you also just let me know how I'm doing? I'm new at animating. Do you think I got, got what it takes to get a junior job? If no, what specifically am I lacking? Just be 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 pointed about it, and 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 I, they'll tell you because they've they've been asked that question before. I know I have, and I'll, I'll be very honest with you. The last thing I want to do is be too nice. I, if you've seen any of my reviews, I say it like it is. I usually spend. I, as a matter of fact, uh, I yeah, often feel not until like, the Grumpy Brent review. Yeah, well, that's it. That'll be a whole other story. <laughs> but I try to do yeah. my best at saying really what's on my mind. And if anything, I sometimes feel a bit bad that I spent a lot of time harping on the things that could be better, and I don't spend enough time also praising the good stuff. That is something that I need to get better at. But, you know, at the end of the day, what you're coming to me for, hopefully, is not a pat on the back, but you want to grow. That's usually what I'm assuming when you're going to be putting yourself out there. So I, what I want to do is I want to deliver a lot of ammunition to, to, for you to chew on to grow. So there you go. Yeah. There it is in a nutshell. I think that's it for tonight. Info. I think we did yeah. good. It's a whole extra a half one. hour. Thanks, Scott, for being here. It was super last Thanks minute. Thanks for inviting great me. Great for showing up. Yeah, we're going to have well, you on more often. It's great. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. No, thanks everyone. I, but just full full disclosure, we would I would not have invited him with his crappy microphone if, if it wasn't for his good. <laughs> it, it required the good microphone for him to like win a seat at the in in a seat at the hot seat. He needed to have this, the microphone. This was what I had. Oh, so. is that what you were using before? Oh man, it's like a little Hacked, shotgun. Uh, mic. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. Not good. It's uh, it. I mean, it's it's good. Those are whoa. I just pushed over some of my books in a pile next to me. Um, <laughs> the um, Tascam, is that what it is? A Tascam uh, boom uh, mic? Techstar or something. Oh, okay. The, oh, yeah, Techstar. Tax, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tax, totally. Like I think I actually have the same one in my... Of Amazon. Yeah, it's not a bad mic. Yeah. They're made for like the top of a camera if you want to go like run and gun shooting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but at the yeah. end of the day, it's not quite the... Not like not like your podcast. It's not like this mic. buttery get all, smoothness. Get all, get all, I, want to, I want to hear what it sounds like when you get all close like this. Go ahead, give it a little uh, close look. Oh, yeah, that's good. That's good. Brent. I like it. <laughs> it brings a whole other dimension to the Scott. Okay, uh -huh. well, thank you, Scott, for real. I, I'm I'm, I'm uh, going to let you off the hook here and let you enjoy the rest of your um, day. 
Thank you. Yes. It's day for it's, you. It's morning for you. It is. Yeah. It's midday. It's midday. just turning 12. Okay. Well, enjoy the rest of it. And I'll Thank see you. you uh, I'll see you around, dude. Cheers. See you, everyone. Bye. So that was fun. A little uh, mixing it up a little bit, bringing a different personality. I like I teased earlier in the chat, uh, in in the uh, the the whatever the conversation uh, or the the stream. You might not have been there for this, but uh, we are planning finally to start bringing in people. I guess you could consider Scott the first the first dose of this to mix it up a little bit, have different personalities with different backgrounds to come in here. Um, what I'm planning for um, soon is going to be a conversation with with a recruiter, like I said, who's worked in the other side, the business side of this industry. He's got a lot of things to talk about and will be great for questions. We're going to have him first as a conversation with, and we're going to follow that up, hopefully, if he's available with a Q&A. So that way, we'll kind of introduce the topic and we'll talk about a lot of things that are probably going to... He's going to say a lot of things that are probably going to inspire uh, questions on your end. And uh, you can bring those questions to the Q&A that we'll follow up with um, with him. So the stay tuned because that will be happening probably early August by the looks of it from the conversation I saw in email. Um, but uh, that'll that'll be a good one to uh, to show up to because I think it'll be um, some much needed conversations about things that just most most animators I know don't know about. So you can always, uh, knowledge is power after all. So the more you can know about the things that are going on behind the scenes, um, the better informed decisions you can maybe make when it comes to picking the next job or the first job or whatever. And because he's also on the front lines of receiving demo reels as a recruiter, you'll also be able to ask specifically, like, you know, what are you looking? What what are what are what are recruiters typically looking for? Like, how do they know how to pre-filter stuff before they send it uh, onto the desk of the animation supervisor who's looking to fill out their department? It's a good question, right? Recruiters are all different, but uh, you know, sometimes it's good to know what they're specifically looking for, so that you at least you make sure because nothing sucks more than than sending your stuff to a company and never never hearing back because it was getting to a recruiter and the recruiter it just didn't match the criteria they were looking for and they're not qualified to give you feedback, right? So it's sort of they're just sort of like now what? Like I wish I could get better and maybe increase my chances of getting that job. But if I don't know what was what I was lacking on the demo reel, then how am I ever going to get better? That can be frustrating. Um, you could also order a review from uh, us over here at Agora Community, and we'll try to tell you what you're probably missing because, you know, it may not be specific what a recruiter was going to catch. But I'd like to think if it's going to pass the test of an animation director, you should be also getting you should be passing the recruiter test as well. So, but he might, he probably knows a couple of tricks that uh, that I I certainly don't know. I'm I'm actually I'm really interested in having this conversation myself, to be honest. So thank again, thank you to, again to Scott and thank you to chat. Thank you for always uh, being here. It's always the same usual suspects. It's funny. Um, like, I feel like these conversations are so great, but I feel like there's so many more people that could benefit from, from these, these, these conversations. Um, I would see the same faces, the people that like to show up to these kinds of things. Not I, live streams aren't for everybody. I don't expect everyone to flock to these things. It's not like we're, you know, playing some hardcore game and I'm getting headshots every two seconds. I, you know, it's not an adrenaline, adrenaline, sorry, an adrenaline filled uh, stream, but I, but I get, we get a lot of good feedback about, you know, people who do go to these streams and like it. So, you know, don't be, you know, don't be shy to spread the word. You know, let people know, let, let people, you know, that are, you're maybe learning with or people that you're working with about the stream. It's nice to have people from all walks of the animation planes, uh, whether they're in, uh, you know, veterans or people that are, you know, meet, meet in high school that are looking to get into the industry for the first time, you know, crab nuts. Uh, that's how we met on my stream 
I, I, I gave him a whole pile of feedback and he told me, uh, after I give all this feedback, he's like, yeah, I said, like, where, like, where, where, like, where are you coming from? Did like, did you, did you study already animation or what? And he's like, yeah, I'm a high school student. And I'm like, wow, I just gave you a lot of feedback, assuming that you were probably just somebody who's just starting to learn. And he is just starting to learn, but he's also like really just starting to learn because obviously he probably just got exposed to animation just recently for the first time. And who knows how well, how good the animation class is at a high school. Maybe it's amazing. Maybe it's, maybe it's more of just kind of a novelty. I don't know. I would, I would need to take a look at what the curriculum was, but, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's great to get more people in here and to spread the word because, um, this, these streams are only as good as the questions. And so having more people in here with really good questions helps stimulate that conversation and everyone can learn from it. Okay. Well, love you all. Talk to you soon. Um, we have a couple streams. Uh, we have one tomorrow, actually. Um, I believe, hold on. I, I always do this. It's always the same. I always forget to have it up and I have to look like an idiot. Like I, cause I just, I always forget. I, I, I always have a feeling of what's, what's next. And I, um, I, I always, uh, oh, oops, that's the wrong one. Oh no, that's the right one. Um, but then I'm, I second guess myself. Yeah. Okay. So and I, of course, it's it's the one I, I can't say this name, Ilza Zemaripa. I think I got it right. She's got an acting background. She's got an animation background. She's a YouTuber. You probably have seen her um, uh, because she's got really great content. I've never met her. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm super excited um, to to meet her just because I always feel like I'm a little starstruck when I'm meeting, sitting down with talking with people like Sir Wade and and like um, you know JD because they've been out there putting themselves out there for so long. It's always nice to finally meet the the person behind behind the channel. So that'll be a good talk. That's happening um, this Thursday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard. Um, there is going to be a the very first uh, free public stream um, reviews by hosted by me. It'll be on my channel, but don't worry. All the information will be given out, but you do want to sign up for it. If you're interested in one of those free public reviews, just take a look at Instagram and Facebook. Scott's posted on both of them, I believe, uh, with a link to the Google form if you need, um, uh, need, need to put your name on the list. It's completely free, no strings attached. We're going to be doing this uh, for a while to beta test just the whole free, uh, sorry, the, 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 the beta test the whole uh, public streaming um, uh, review sort of concept to kind of fine tune it before we uh, make it a, an official thing. And to be completely honest between you and me, I'd love to see this be a regular thing. Anyways, I like the idea of us always finding a way of giving out some free reviews for those who might not have the the financial means. We made it as affordable as possible. It is like not very expensive, like, but expensive, you know, the, the concept of expensive is a very relative term. And I, and I fully acknowledge that. So, you know, what's, ex, what's, what's, what's affordable to somebody may not be affordable to somebody else, especially depending on what country you're living in. Um, it's so I get it. So what we want to do is it's very important to us to find a way of, of getting more, um, more people access to this feedback. I don't want it to be only for the people who can afford it or the people who are not shy, too shy to put themselves out there. So we're always dreaming up new ways of, of, of bringing that to you, um, and making it as accessible as possible. So that's, that was the, one of the, one of the pillars of this whole or, uh, organization from the beginning was accessibility. So we'll, we'll find new ways, but you know, Join the revolution. Put yourself out there and see if you can get uh, get your stuff reviewed for free for this Sunday. It's going to always be Sunday nights, 10 p.m. No, 10.30? I can't remember what Scott... Did Scott... Scott's still in the background. Was it 10.30 or 10 did you advertise? Or maybe you haven't advertised it at all yet. The time. 
Anyways, you guys can go take a look at the uh, the posts. It's 10 or 10.30. One of the two um, is when they will be um, um, uh, the, the streams every Sunday. And we'll try to do uh, 10.30. Okay, cool. Thanks. Uh, thanks, God. So 10.30, um, Sunday evening, Eastern Standard is when they're going to happen. Um, and uh, like I said, well, I have no due date. Right? I have, I have no nothing in mind right now as to how long those will go on for. But um, <laughs> you, <laughs> you came in here to show. It's I, I'm live streaming. And Christine, she, 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 let, uh, take a look at what a dedicated mom makes for her, her five-year-old daughter turning six. She decided she wanted to make a pinata. <laughs> this thing. She's spent literally, how many hours have you spent on this? Now? Way more than she should have. <laughs> these are all individually hand cut pieces of like streamer you know the streamers you would buy she's cut them into little squares and sat there hunched over on a, co a coffee table gluing these things one by one it's an over so if you can't tell it's a gigantic popcorn uh, uh you might not be able to see this i'm gonna eat one of these yeah it's it's really big it's really big so it's a it's a pinata and so it's uh it's it's a very gender neutral pinata if it was up to her, it would probably would have been a, a, a not her, but my, my daughter would probably would have been a unicorn or something. But she's having a couple of her her, her boyfriends over for the, for the birthday as well, and they would probably die if they had to hit a pinata that was a unicorn. Anyways, there you go. That's a <laughs> special guest appearance of of Christine and her pinata. <laughs> um, okay, so after all that, I'm gonna actually close the stream before something else really embarrassing happens. So thanks again for being here. Do do take a look at the um, um, the free reviews. Please do not do not be shy. Put yourself out there. I'd love to see your work. I'd love to comment on it. And maybe it's the thing that you're missing right now. Just maybe just all you need is that nudge to just have a spark of like, oh man, like he thought there was actually some stuff there that he really liked. That's all, and that's all it takes. I'm always going to make sure I point at a couple things that are going to be encouraging so that you can double down on the things that are working. Um, you know. So, anyways, bye. Talk to you later. Thanks for listening to this episode. We hope you got a lot out of it. Agora Community is a free resource for artists in the animation, visual effects, and gaming industries, providing daily educational material, free rigs, and assets. We also have a range of experts you can purchase affordable animation reviews from to help you level up your skills. You can check it all out at agora.community. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn for updates on upcoming conversations and free animation quick tips. So, until next time, stay tuned and stay animated.